0: Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day to day with the help of Skittles chewy candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar. Movie snack, even my secret, so an afternoon pick me up, and I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. The, the, the dream
1: is real. <laughs> it's your lifestyle special. Skit it burns. Reporting live from the safest place on earth i call it love land i don't know what kendra calls her property she just bought but it's some anniversaries and some birthdays going on over there happy anniversary happy birthday <laughs> little fred is uh grown now he almost in college ladies and gentlemen it's a beautiful glorious uh take what's yours tuesday here on the kenny Byrne show and i have an amazing title and we're gonna unpack that's right we're gonna unpack and not get triggered today on TKBS. But before we get started on generational curses, that's right, episode 48, I wanna welcome my illustrious panel, Superhero. start putting your hands together right now for Kendra, who don't want to celebrate nothing but her face today. Yes, Kendra Coco <laughs> wow. Kenya
2: the in the business. don't make
0: me cuss in the intro.
1: What I, don't, don't, don't curse. We love you. All right, keep, cut those cut round of, keep those round of applause <laughs> going for my brother. They call him Cousin Freaky. I call him Teule. Teule, what's happening, in playoff? Oh, man, I'm
3: feeling great. Uh, let's make this an hour so I get back to and my wife together. All righty. Keep those round applause
1: going for Vagina. I mean, for our next superhero, goes by the name of Doctor Sugar. Look at her face. If you can't tell, she's not shocked, but she is. Doctor Sugar's in the building. How you doing, beautiful? What? <laughs> that's that's.
4: I can't share this with people because of y'all. <laughs> you
1: have to be proud of your cousins, man. You gotta be proud of your family. Foolish.
4: Um... Just foolish. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen. uh, Yeah, you see how it is. Oh, God. Yeah, Lord, baby Jesus. All right, y'all, let's get this episode 48 generational curses cracking. Now, ladies and gentlemen, today we are about to not get triggered. All right, we are not getting triggered today. We are going to unpack how we. The nation are breaking generational curses. That's right. We are going around my illustrious panel of superheroes momentarily to get their testimony or their desires on how they want to break generational curses. But I want to start by saying, y'all, I came up with this title for today's show because I read my book. That's right. I read my book. All right. I read my book. I'm not announcing the name today. I'm just going to say WMM. I read my book, WMM, and I'm, I'm breaking generational curses, y'all. I, I was reading my mm-hmm. story, you know, sometimes you got to say things out loud. You heard my Soul Food Sunday this weekend, you know, about them relationships that it you keep good. trying, yeah, that you keep trying to go back to, and you know they ain't no good for you. Uh-huh, you know, but I was reading my book, and my body of work is a body at work, y'all. I was so proud of myself, because I was breaking generational curses along the way. And there's a particular segment in the book. It's called Legacy. I don't know if that's going to stay the title or the, or the chapter, but it's about my contribution to culture. But more importantly, it's literally a hundred isms that I've given to the universe over the last couple of decades. And I was bugging out that the co author went and found this shit, first and foremost. Yeah. Round of yeah. applause for the name of the dreamer. Yeah. 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 I got to get you one thing that I'm most proud of, though, ladies and gentlemen. My most proud of the father I become. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it ain't easy for a black man or black woman out here in these streets, especially parenting other humans. I say it all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of things my children and I learned together. Now, I could teach them what I know, but I I was taught some fucked up shit, y'all. I was taught some not normal shit. Me and Sugar was going back and forth about normalizing being normal. Nothing about my upbringing was normal. Oh, Lord, I had, you know, I just seen some things at an early child, in my early childhood, that just wasn't regular. And you know, you don't know that thing. I didn't know until the pandemic that I just, what I saw wasn't, I mean, clearly I knew a lot of it wasn't normal as I became a teenager, but then the pandemic helped me go back and just kind of peel the layers off the onion. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to um, shout out Kenny and Kyle, because they made me the best human I could be. And I want to tell y'all, some of these generational curses that I broke was like, Putting on them what was put on me. You know, it's like you only could teach what you know. I knew some bullshit, y'all. I was hitting them with things that... I, I wasn't hearing them, all right? And I'm sorry, Kenny Burns the third, A lot of things he was saying to me, I wasn't here because how could you feel this way because you got this? How could you think that this ain't possible and you got this and you got the ability to do this, or this is your wheelhouse, these are your relationships? And that's something that I had to learn, and I got it better through my relationship with Kenny, you know, so that Kyle didn't even have to go through that. But I would take probably one of the greatest things, y'all, not having a father growing up, not having real male figures. And I cover some male figures in my book, WMM, that y'all, I'm even shocked to highlight it because I didn't know they meant that much to me in my development. But you know, at these times when you were a child, you're not really giving respect to the elders. You're not really, you know what I'm saying? Saying thank you or noticing the teaching. Right, because you're young and you think you're doing it. You think that you had these, especially as a a, a single parent home, my mom was raising me. I had love and my aunts and my grandmama. I knew what love was, but I ain't had that father figure, but I had father figures along my way. So I can't wait to hear and read my book WMM. Yes, it's gonna be an audio version and a reading version, but that's one of my biggest takeaways y'all on some of the stereotypes and we'll talk about more, but I wanna go around the table and ask y'all What are some of your most memorable things in breaking these generational curses?
0: For me, um, as everyone knows, I was a teen mom. And so coming up, um, I grew up in the system, owned the system, like food stamps, welfare, uh, section eight, that kind of thing, right? Right. But as a teen mother, I had in my heart that I didn't want to accept any of those things because I, at that moment in time, I felt like that would get me stagnant in life, mm. to for me not to want more. You know, some people start depending on those things. So I worked my butt off um, to provide for my son the best of my ability without any kind of government system. So that was the, that was one of the things that I wanted to break for myself.
1: That's dope. And I think we get caught up in that cycle, y'all, because it's easy to go down there and fill out them forms and get them food stamps. And food stamps be $400, $500 a month. You, <laughs> you know what uh-huh. You get this assistance. You be getting them checks. but I can't make that at Walmart. So I, you can see where the complacency, right, sets in. But I'm proud of uh-huh. you, though, know, because that takes a lot not to, you know, because comfortability is the cousin of death. You hear me? Right. You look up your whole life, and you be so used to doing things. That's why I'm always on Tiffany head. You know what I'm saying? And on y'all head and on whoever head that I could be on to help like amplify the better way, the better version of what you doing. You know what I mean? Cause we all get sucked into the bullshit. We all, I uh-huh. be tired. I tell you, I tell you every week, I'm tired of nigga dumb. I'm tired of saying nigga. <laughs> I don't want to have any nigga tendencies. But you know it just shit seep back in. You go back in. You know what I mean? But we're all a a, a work in progress. Uh Taylor, they talk to me, play. I know you got some generational curses you breaking.
3: For sure. Uh for me it would definitely be um allowing my kids to actually have a voice. Right. Mm. When we were, we were growing up, it was you know, shut up because I said so, you know, it was no real conversation around why do you feel a certain way, as if these young humans are not actual individuals right right and so me allowing my children i know my my first son i apologize to him all the time i was like yo i was a beast with you like i didn't have even though i had my father you know i grew up in an era where the discipline was rough right right you might you might get a skillet upside your head if if your mama can reach it Um, and so that generational type of trauma transferred over you know, to my son and then I finally got to my eight year old, it was more, let's have a conversation. Why do you feel that way? You know, why do you feel like it's okay to throw this tantrum? And then the more he talks, then the more we have an understanding to where now he doesn't even do certain things because he knows like, okay, well, my dad said, this is why I shouldn't do it, right? Right. So it's really having the, the tools to be able to communicate in a proper fashion to where it's not, you know, just punishing the kid with physical type of punishment. Yeah, round of and applause for that. I have to say,
0: I've gotten better with that too. Yeah. So that, that, is, that is great, because we didn't know no better. We didn't.
1: You, we uh, didn't know any better. Okay. We, we didn't have any tools that were given yeah. to us to process. A lot of us, right. I mean, Kendra, you're a teenage mom. Like, you know, I was raised by, my mom had me when she was a teenager. You know, so it was like my sister more than my mother. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, to Taylor's point, all the men in our lives were like, shut up, put your chest out. If he hit you, hit him back. Don't take no shit from nobody. You know, it was these things to be masculine. I talk about that in my book. It's like masculinity has nothing to do with putting your hands on somebody. Masculinity doesn't have anything to do to do with putting fear into somebody. You know what I'm saying? For no reason, only because you want to be in control. Shook, I know you got some things for the church. Say amen. Amen. All
4: right, so here's the thing. I don't, I can't 100% identify with the way that you all have already talked. So I'm over here trying to think like, okay, what do I want to break? You know what I want to break is building generational wealth because mm. we had what we needed. And if I need something right now today as a 41-year-old, if I call my parents, they're going to do whatever they got to do to get it. Right. But my daddy always says this: "Y'all better enjoy what I got now, cause I ain't leaving nothing." And he's Ooh. not saying that in a <laughs> negative way. He just don't have anything to leave anybody because he's literally giving everything he has wow. away. And I don't want that to be my narrative. I want to be able to leave something for whatever my legacy is, whether it's friends, whether it's philanthropy. Because clearly, I ain't got no husband and no kids, so here we are.
1: Okay, well let's bust that gun for well, your daddy not leaving you shit. I don't think I'm leaving nothing either. I might leave some property. Okay, I might leave some assets. Your name is golden. But the money? Me and your mama spending the money. Ah, yeah, round of applause. Yeah. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids.
4: It's not, no, no, don't, don't do my damn No, nah, I'm just,
1: no. No, but I, I was having this conversation because what's worth more to these children money or access because as a parent what i've learned in my life is that their social currency would probably trump any amount of money i could ever give them you know but Mm -hmm. it's about them tapping into those resources it's about them understanding that your last name can get you into any room your mom and daddy going to Vice President Kamala Harris house this weekend. Yeah, round of applause for me, okay, uh, Yeah, we going to the VP house. It's just things in life that would be much easier for you and your kids because of what your mom and dad have laid down, and I, I often get confused too because, you know, you see, we all go through this and, and and everybody on this, you know, podcast, listening and participating right now know what I'm about to say to be true. At the end of the day, whether it's your niece, your nephew, or in Teule, Kendra and my uh, from our standpoint, we're giving our kids everything we didn't have. We want to, we don't want them to feel the angst in the in the things, just yeah. because and you tried and you'd be like, wait, 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 wait. That ain't it. Because then they become spoiled to the point of almost like uh, numbness, right? Nothing impresses them. They don't really have any ambition or goals, you know, and and the the beauty, and I'm so thankful that my sons are independently ambitious and independent of our family have goals for themselves. Although at times I'm like, wait, so how you gonna get there? What you gonna do? They got it. (laughs) But that's what our parents said about us. You do what? My mama, I I was 45. She asked me, what exactly is it? How you getting this money? What what did you, how you? You not in the streets. Come on, I know you ain't. But, I'm, but but that's my point it's like access to me is so much more important than the money and yes if you can leave homes and property if you can leave things that they can live in and will help them you know what i'm saying on their absolutely but is money really the answer how do y'all feel about that
0: i agree because people can just spend money but how do you replenish it so if they don't have the knowledge and the access to earn on them on their own right. and to uh, multiply the money and they're just spending, what deposits are you making? Yeah. If you're not leaving them that, then they're not going to sustain
2: facts.
3: Taylor, I would definitely say, you know, access, which to me is information. Right. I want to leave my kids with information such as how do you face your traumas? How do you deal with them? Mm. How do you you know? How do you have character and not just words, but indeed? Right. How do you treat women? How you? How are you real, real with yourself? I want to give you information. How do you budget? How do you not work for somebody else? You know, how do you sustain a life to where you know, even if it's you know, being a minimalist, right. that you are fulfilled in every aspect. So I don't. I mean, the money, yeah, cool. You're gonna get the little life insurance and everything else, but like Kendra said. Blow through that. But if you've got the information, right, I want my kids to be generous. Yeah. To understand that you are more fortunate because there's not a lot of kids who have both parents, right? Now, I'm not even talking about in the same household, who don't have access to both parents.
1: Correct. Right.
3: So I would much rather give my kids access to the information than just throw a whole bunch of money on it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely spending probably everything that I have.
4: <laughs>
1: Dr. Sugar.
4: So one thing that I've learned from my parents over the years is um, building relationships with people. Regardless of who they are, you need to build relationships along the way so that if you need to tap back in, you can do that. And building relationships, not only because you know you might need to tap back in, but because you are a human being and you should build relationships. Right. I used to get annoyed when my daddy, every city we traveled to our country we traveled to, he knew somebody right. or was saying something to somebody. I, it used to annoy me. And now, if I'm like, Daddy, I'm going to Nassau, da 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 da, he's like, All right. He's making one phone call. Somebody is there to pick me up from the airport. If, if I'm not staying at a resort, I have somewhere to stay. Somebody is taking me to get all the stuff that I love in Nassau. I don't have to worry about anything because he's built relationships in the 80s that have become stuff, you know, they've become family to us. And so, we build relationships, and, and that access is there. It's
1: way bigger than money, for sure. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh-huh. Round right, of applause for your mom and daddy. I, I really... Yeah! We all needed... Yeah! Yeah! Cheryl Ray Reed's daddy and mama were growing up. Um, I just know the, the, uh, the your the three of us didn't have that sugar. Just, I love that. But we are that to our kids now, right? We are that to our kids. And I love the idea of making sure that they know there are people in places that they've never been that's gonna look out for them. That is a, like that shit right there. I mean, goddamn it.
4: That
1: makes me feel I'm good in my spirit. You,
4: it was so annoying Daddy's like, you gonna call so and so? And now I get it. Cause I'm like, you know what daddy, you are right. I don't wanna call these people. Right. I don't even now, but I understand it and I value it for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. I said something the other day that hit home. People age but some people don't grow. And mm. I'm looking at our our trajectory now as a people, right? Here, obviously on TKBS, we, we practice and preach every day that we want to build a community. We want to put people in perspective. We want to highlight the best of our community. Uh, we want to teach the rest. I mean, all the things that really define, you know, community, uh, but I just see people existing and it bothers me, you know, because that's one of our biggest generational curses confining to norms or conforming to norms right and being confined to those norms but we go through life we go through life so focused on being just okay why do you think that we still like after all the you know, I have a dream speeches with a million people on the lawn. After all the people died so you can vote, after all the people set example, right? Set examples for us. Why do we still just want to exist?
4: Because mediocrity has become uh, enough. And as long as you are paying your bills, as long as you look good, it's enough, mm. unfortunately. And and we have to rise to the, to the point where we are obsessive about being better than enough. Right. We have to, Right. because if not, like just Facts. generally, y'all didn't want to go to the gym at all, at all. I was like a, a whole jerk about it. Didn't want to go. Then I was like, well, I'm going to just go for six weeks to this training. It's almost been a year.
1: Hold on, hold
4: on, hold on. You better get your ass in the gym, sugar. Get over my own insecurities and feelings about going to the gym because, in the end, I'm going to be a better person. Right. That six week minimum that I told myself, it was just that mediocrity coming out. Like, please, yeah. I could just do this. Yeah, no, I couldn't and I didn't. That's right. And I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't continue to go.
1: Yeah, listen, y'all. And, and you know what even disturbs me more? I love the battery packing your own back. I just said, I just said in the last episode, we're looking for personal Jesuses when we should be looking for ourselves. Uh, there's only one Jesus Christ. Hello ladies and gentlemen, there's only one Lord and Savior. You hear me? You, you have to be that for yourself. If you can't motivate yourself, how do you expect to exist? How do you expect to lead someone else if you can't even just tap in with yourself? But I want to say this because you know, I'm looking at, I was watching something uh, on the internet and I'm unfollowing rapidly these days, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about one thing you say that goes against my values, I'm sorry. I, I might have followed your accident in the first motherfucking place, but I have to <laughs> unfollow you. No, I'm serious. I was, I was going through something, and I don't follow this person actually because I don't really see the value in it from jump, right? I'm not exposing anyone personally, but I'm exposing that the Ponzi scheme, the pyramid scheme is real and they out here and they are looking for you and your money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing and they're going on and on about, so from the streets, you could take this mentality and, and do this with the thing and, and was equating the streets to everything that they were talking about as far as business is concerned. Now mind you, ladies and gentlemen, there are many skills that you can learn in the street and that mm-hmm. can apply in the suites, okay? But this is not the time to be glorifying or comparing the streets to the suites. The streets ain't it. It is time for us to denounce any illegal activity. It is time for, as a people now, this is generational curses, because goddammit, it, since the beginning of the time, we was hustling something. When moonshine and liquor was illegal to drugs to, to the clothes man used to be at my daddy house every Saturday morning with that shit. You hear me? But we were taught that it's okay to have a little bit of bullshit in your game. We was taught that it's cool to have that side hustle that might not be legal. We was taught that. Everybody mm-hmm. I know growing up had an illegal hustle. I'm talking about from people that worked in corporate America to the people that were just full-time street entrepreneurs. Everything, but this is this is this is not it. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot continue to glorify it. It is wrong. It is wrong. You can go to jail. You can lose your life. So entrepreneurs out there, if you were fortunate to make it out of the street, don't glorify the shit no more. Talk about how you fucked up and how you made a change. Mm-hmm. You cannot compare and damn near glorify it or people will never let go of it. If it seems glittery to black folk, we're going to be attracted to it. There's no way around it. Especially if my brothers, the plug, especially if my cousin and them got woo, woo, woo. It's generational curses like that. That's the next big thing we need to get rid of, y'all. Because we glorify the streets too much. And I'm tired of it. I'm really tired. Of it. I'm, I'm actually deprogramming myself to the point of like, I can't even get like in mind, you know, we know that Jeezy come on, I'm gonna act a certain way now. We know when Rick Ross come on, I'm gonna act a certain (laughs) way. I'm gonna feel a certain way. I'm gonna get locked into the moment, but I can see where they left the streets. So can a storyteller tell a story and me identify with the growth? Absolutely. I can't identify with you still in the street and you know better, I can't. And I just want to know how y'all right. feel about that because I feel like that's one of the biggest generational curses and hurdles we've yet to to get over.
3: This generational curse, to me, though, how do you break it? Is how do you reach people sooner, right, mm. than later, right? And so a lot of times you'll see these rappers who, and, and I'm not going to mention any names because I don't, I don't really want no smoke. Um, but I mean, you, you've already made it out the streets but your next song is still about how you killing, and and that's like, how, how is that? How is that even a message? Like when is freedom ever going to be the real message? And right. there is no freedom in, you know, getting someone else locked up for your message. Like that's, that's trash. If you're 50 years old and still calling women bitches, it's wrong when you're two. Yeah. But the fact that, like you said, there's no growth. you still calling women bitches at 50. Right. You're yeah. still in the streets talking about dope and drugs after you got millions of dollars in the bank. You more of an overseer to me Ooh. than a real G.
1: Yeah, whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, don't call a black woman a bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> and, and black women, don't ever call a black man a bitch, okay? There's <laughs> some some mm-hmm. things yeah, going on. <laughs> you what was you about to say, champ? <laughs>
3: it's a good point uh, in the segment that we had because these are generational curses right they can be individual and they can also be communal these yeah. are things that we have to discuss because they are there are words that we should not use to refer to each other whether we feel like they are empowering or not Facts. they degrade, they degrade and they place a definition on something that really shouldn't be there here's the thing i have approached many situations and sometimes i love smoke and god is living me from that because I just have a temper that I'm working on. Yeah. But every time I've wanted to diffuse something with individuals who I didn't know or in the crowd, it's always been, hey, King. Hey, my brother. Hey, dog, I love you. That is going to diffuse whether the, hey, nigga, why you tripped? No, no. The same thing with the sisters. I'm not going to walk you. acting like a bitch. She's not going to. You know what she just heard? You want smoke. Yeah. What I, can <laughs> say is, and I, and I can't. Trigger. Real smoke. Calm down, mind. Kendra. Yeah. You know, I've approached sisters, and I've said this on the episode before in a Walmart or a Target, when you're not acting in a way that's going to get you a good response. It's, right. hey, my sister, hey, queen. And I don't care what their response is. It will diffuse, right? Because now I'm speaking to something outside of what you're used to, right. which is your royalty, right? right. your dignity. Uh-huh. I'm going to speak to your dignity. And when you do that, more likely than not. You are going to get a person to kind of okay, let me chill because it's harder for you to act a, yes. like a total ass. Yes. And I'm like, hey, yo, King, hey, yo, King, they coming to get you, or hey, my sister, I want you to chill because there's some people waiting for you. That's going to get a different response. So we, we, those are generational curses. As a community, Max. we need to figure out. Yeah. How you know, we can't speak to each other in that way.
1: No, listen, and, yeah. and and there are triggers and the right triggers for you. To, you know what I'm saying, diffuse something We've all, we've all and It may not have been those particular words We've all been in a situation where you can see your temperament changes the mood That your your temperament changes What could be a real drastic outcome I, listen, and just like Teole I have been on the right side of smoke in my day And I'm talking about just even growing up in the 80s Being light-skinned, it was World War III outside Because everybody was trying everybody mm-hmm. and i done got myself up out 22 situations that could have been <laughs> death i'm talking about death ladies and gentlemen y'all ready for story time, yeah.
2: this is, this is story
1: time. yes honey, honey. Story
2: time.
1: i was in the 10th grade benedictine mm-hmm. high school in detroit michigan that's right right off of outer drive i keep telling people i lived in detroit a couple of years of my life and this was one of them uh i was at the Benedictine versus St. Mary's a Redford basketball game. The girls' basketball game. My girlfriend was the starting point guard. That's right. Ingrid Jackson. I remember her whole name. Ingrid Jackson was a woo boy. That, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to Ingrid wherever you are. Um, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, it was the game. It was popping and we was you know, it was I went to St. Mary's Referee the year before? I got kicked out of that school halfway through. End up going to Benedictine the next year, and it was it was rivalry. I'm talking about rivalry. Every game was a fight. Every game was some smoke. So, ladies and gentlemen, my girlfriend happened to date or used to date the the, the big nigga on the football team. And I'm sorry, Taylor, I'm choosing my words wrong. Big <laughs> nigga is what he was. So, okay, I think his name was James something, and the nigga came in. The, the nigga I gotta stop saying nigga I'm sorry nigga came in the game you know what I'm saying and he just had the Houdini hat on right leather Houdini hat now mind you back in the day y'all we was scrounging for leaves huh? maybe a snakeskin belt and a silk shirt okay it's, you know what I'm saying we was trying but you know certain people was doing he was one of them he had on a Houdini hat the leather one he was like oh I hate this motherfucker just cause of the hat you know what I'm saying not cause he used to date my girlfriend but just because he had the Houdini hat on okay and I'm talking about generational curses, y'all okay I'm up here with the St. Mary, a referee crew. Big shout out to everybody I can't remember your names right now, because it was 30 something years ago. But I was with them. And we was looking at the other team. Now mind you I go to the other team's school. So I'm literally on the wrong side of the auditorium. You know the smoke is coming, Teule, huh? Game ends. My girlfriend busts they ass, you know what I'm saying? I meet her, hug her, mid court. So all I see is Houdini hat on the way to the center court. I'm like, oh, he wants some smoke, now mind you. I'm light-skinned, he dark-skinned. You know what it was in the 80s, huh? He come to try to say something slick to me because he's a senior and I'm a sophomore, okay? But guess what Kenny Burns wasn't doing? He wasn't going. No, no, he wasn't, huh? <laughs> Talking that shit, I grabbed my girl because I, I knew he being 6'5", me being 5'9", and a half, that it might be a little difficult for me to get him on the ground. So I said, let me get my girl. I'm gonna go this way. So all of a sudden he beeline and kind of tries to cut me off at the door. So he walks right in front of me and my girl. So
4: my crew like, Kenny, you know the motherfucker gonna try some shit when we get outside. We might as well jump in from the back right now.
1: You know, cause when you're young <laughs> and dumb, you wanna get him first. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what got into me, but I know you remember the Houdini hat with the string. The nigga hat fell down. That means the string was still around his neck. I grabbed the motherfucking Houdini hat and I pulled the shit out that motherfucker, <laughs> dragging this big nigga all across the goddamn thing. So of course, same area a referee ain't as deep as Benedictine. So everybody scrounging and running, trying to get outside, ladies and gentlemen. All I remember is that a Samurai Suzuki got flipped onto Southfield Freeway, and then my partner mm. had a little a little Chevrolet with the bubble back. It said, "Don't believe the hype on the back." It was some guns and things, I don't remember who exactly did what, but I remember it was 17 of us in this little ass Chevrolet with don't believe the hype. Door open in the end, and we going down. goddamn out of drive trying to get the hell out of Dodge. I don't know the purpose of that story other than it was funny as a motherfucker. So I just want y'all to embrace <laughs> that I broke the light skin, dark skin generational curse and we are here today to celebrate. <laughs> How
3: many
2: of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on.
1: Friends. TKBS Nation, this podcast is brought to you by the good folks at American Express. With Amex, every day can feel like a vacation. I wanted some Chinese food. Yes, I got what I wanted at Mr. Child's. And guess what I used to pay for dinner with? Yes, my American Express, the dream is real. When you're with Amex, you can make every day feel like the best day ever. American Express, don't live life without it. Whether you're searching for the latest sneaker, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch, or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. That's right, we're talking each inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasp that make the piece you're searching for worthy of your collection. eBay's authenticators are experts in their craft, true connoisseurs. And as leaders in their fields, they're making sure your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead, get that piece you've always wanted, and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that that watch movement is original, that glimmer is real gold, that rare sneaker is legit, or that handbag is really made of genuine leather. And never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with ebay authenticity guarantee everyone deserves real Visit eBay.com for terms. TKBS Nation is your lifestyle specialist, it burn? And child, if you're tired of those red marks on your legs from the mosquitoes, or if ants, roaches, and flies are making you angry at the barbecue, I have the answer. It's called Stem. That's right, I think it's the best mosquito repellent out. And for those ants, roaches, and flies, Stem also has a bug killer. The plant-based active ingredients and entomologists test it make it safe to use around people and pets when used as directed. The barbecue will never be the same. Keep those mosquitoes up off them. Let's put those ants, roaches, and flies in a coffin. Stem, the new wave of mosquito and bug control. And you want to know why? Because the dream is real. I just learned Discover Credit Cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earn doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite soup dumpling restaurant doubled all the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled and the best part you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it nope discover does it automatically seriously though see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match but you know i say I, i think i told that story because at the end of the day i think you know we just be so mad at people that got more than we got and i and i'm seeing it more than ever now mind you, I had his girlfriend at that time. He probably had more things than me because he had the Houdini hat in his own car and I was catching rides on the bus. But the point of the moral of the story is we be so envious of what somebody got that we can't even get what we coming for. We be so we be so jealous as a people now because this one is doing what I don't have the courage to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know that if you see somebody oh. doing something and it's what you want to do, and you ain't doing it, it's because you are scared. And it's okay. But for you to hate on that person, because you are scared, you yeah, with a horn. Because you, because you are scared. It, it's, it's a generational curse we got to get over. Like we all like we all do it. And, and, and to be honest, y'all, I, I stopped saying, and I don't know if y'all noticed this, but I never describe somebody's stuff as little. I never be like, you're little this, or you're little. I always, you know, address it as it is. You got this done, Congratulate. oh, boom, that's dope. But I still, when people say that to me, I correct them. Oh, your little
4: concert.
1: I like your podcast. Yeah, I like your little podcast. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> I like your little podcast. Your little podcast,
4: they'll come out on Tuesday. I said, excuse me. Talking. Yeah. No, but,
1: it. but it's such a backhanded compliment. But we, are our actions- Is it a compliment? No, it's, it's a compliment. They really want to celebrate. Listen, let me tell you something. Hate is the new love. And I came up with that slogan mm. for Wale's album. Hold on.
2: This <laughs> is <laughs> your this is
1: your Yeah, thank you. you? So uh, ladies and gentlemen, hate is the new love. And I'm gonna get back to my point. Hold me to a table. Eh? But uh, I signed an artist by the name of Wale, ladies and gentlemen. And Wale, speaking of crab in the barrel mentality, Speaking of people judging you because of where you're from or what you look like, this man is mm-hmm. one of the best rappers I ever heard in my life. And big shout out to Robin Line, my sister, Ball Alert. She said I was looking for artists. I was at Rockefeller Records and I had found UCB sexy lady. Hey! when I was at Rockefeller but they they didn't want to sign them because it was like a one-off song and they didn't believe in Go-Go and I'm like, but Def Jam, sign sign rare asses. Why won't you sign UCB? We were uh, obviously, the parent company for Rockefeller was um, Def Jam. So they wouldn't sign them but I was like looking for a rapper because I was like, I'm going to sign a rapper from Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And I said DMV before I even came up with the thing. And I, I don't know if I came up with that or Wale came up with, one of us came up with DMV because I felt like DC, Maryland, Virginia together since DC's only 10 miles by 10 miles. We had the greater, you know, outside, like I think that's all in Northern Virginia. And then we had Maryland, we could have a bigger voice in hip hop, like, you know, in, in, in some unification kind of thing. And so i never forget, Paint a Picture was Wale's first mixtape. And I wanted to paint a picture of this new DC. And that's why I came up with the title to that um, soundtrack. And he went through this whole, you know, range of delivery on go-go beats that was just unbelievable. Dig dug.
2: That's my name.
1: So it was just, it was popping, And we started doing clubs every week, like the Go-Go's was doing, you know, the clubs every week. He started rapping in clubs every week. Then we came with one thing about a player. Oh, know. player. Oh, know. Big shout out to Backyard Band, because we took a sample of a song. So we started marching, I'm talking about in an unbelievable rhythm. And then when we got to Hate is the New Love, I came up with that. Title because at that time, although we were selling out clubs in the DMV, which only go-go bands did that, this is a rapper that took the, the history of the city, put it in song, and was making ways that everybody in the country was getting with. And everybody was like, yo, Wale, 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 so by the time we did Hate & Do Love, I was like, damn, if somebody hates on you that much, that's a sign of affection and affection Mm. can be linked to love. So hate is the new love is clearly the way these people feel. And that's why I wanted to tell you that little story time to get back to this point about how when people talk about your little job or your little trip you just went on to Greece, by the way, you just went on a little trip to Greece. But look, look, how how are we gonna keep belittling each other's strides? They may not be as grand as Jay-Z and Beyonce, but my stride is my stride. I'm happy. Loveland makes me happy. I I get up every day happy. I know the people that I'm pouring into are happy. I know the people I'm pouring into are full. What's little about that? I'm reading my book, WMM on the way, 2024. And I'm like, damn, not that nobody owe me nothing, but I done did a lot of shit for a lot of people. And that fills my cup more than any money, more than any money. So so how do we get past the generational curse of belittling our own community's accomplishments? We gotta stop that shit.
0: I'm, I'm not into that, I celebrate everyone. I'm, I'm happy to see other people be happy in their life. I'm also happy to see other people be successful and strive. And if there's any way that I can help within that journey, I'm more than willing to do that right I don't I don't find gratification out of seeing someone fail at anything um
1: you find that that being more of your purpose since the pandemic or were you like that before too
0: no I've always been like that I've never been a person that don't like to see someone doing well uh I, I I just don't understand how people can be happy with themselves to and maybe that's it. But it's they're unconscious though.
1: Coco Kendra, Kenya Byrne. Like it's un it's unconscious. When somebody says little, I don't think they even realize they're saying little. And that's the point I'm talking about. Like, how do we break it? Because clearly we have to rehearse and practice shit over and over and over and over again. But like we say shit and it just be part of the conversation. You don't even be realizing you hating?
0: well for me it's deeper than just the word little right it's the actions behind it and and some people are intentionally doing that to belittle you right so i wasn't just speaking on the word little and unconsciously saying it i'm talking about literally hating someone for being successful or doing well in life that's a different story
2: right
4: the only the only reason people actually do that You know, belittling conversation or a condescending tone in nature is—it goes back to the fact that they're not happy within themselves. It goes back into the fact that they are looking to fill a void that is not filled within. So they say something like, "Oh, I like your little outfit." Right. You need to say my outfit is little. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If not, it's got big energy, and that's why you see it and like it. It's okay to like it.
1: It's got big (laughs) energy. it's got big energy
4: it does yes. energy walks in the room and you see it and that's okay so when people are like girl so-and-so is your enemy i'm like i don't have enemies i got confused friends
1: yeah, hello? there's
4: nothing that i have that i won't give to the next person so if you don't like me you're confused you, click. you might not i might not be your your you know the person that you just love but if you don't like me Right You're confused yeah. I'm amazing
1: Yeah hold on I love that round of applause You know sugar I I don't know what to say I'm slightly emotional No that's one of the things I love about you though Because I feel like you know We Don't get a lot of opportunities To show up you get what I'm saying? Like we don't get we don't get a lot of opportunities to really show up. And when you can show up, and you can make an impression. It changes your life. It could change mm-hmm. your life. It could change your life. I mean, if you <laughs> think about, I, I was I'm literally like going through. I'm I'm sorry, I just finished reading my book this this morning. But WMM, like I'm like, damn. If I didn't choose that, where would I be? Like, if I didn't believe and show up the way I wanted to be received, would I have ever? Guy, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's what life is, y'all, but I'm, I'm telling you, that's why I wanted to have this conversation, episode 48, about generational curses, because we do it to ourselves. These are things that don't have to happen, y'all. The things that are happening to us don't have to happen. This is because of the decisions we make. We're not even, this is like even to the point of little, or, or because you didn't go on that trip because such such was going to be on that trip and you didn't want to be bothered. Or or, or you, was, you had opportunity, to go see somebody about something and you didn't want to do it because th- you didn't know if they was the right... How you going to know if they're the right person or not? If you didn't go? <laughs> but we're making these decisions, Teule, like, and, and we we don't realize that this is one of the greatest errors in possibility ever. This is one of the greatest errors and possibility ever. Has, there's never been an opportunity zone or era like this for black folk. But we continuously think our way out the game. And I'm saying think because we some motherfucking woo, we put them shackles on our brains child. We tell ourselves enough of the bullshit to keep us from really getting where we came for. How do you feel about that T? Because I just feel like unless we get rid of this these mental constraints that we continuously put on ourselves, we're not going to get what we came for.
3: I think, again, as, as a community, we have to understand how to treat each other. Mm. Right? Um, it, it's You can't, love, I can't treat you right if I don't treat myself right. If I don't love me, if I don't understand where I'm missing the mark. If I don't address my trauma, my generational curses, there's no way I'm going to be able to give to another person right. the respect and the honor that they are doing. Right. You know, sociologists, Uh the more we study human behavior, the more we understand that these traumas are passed down. These things are passed down. So, from (laughs) slavery till now, you can see how us as a community, I can't speak for no other community because I'm not involved in it, but for my community, the black community, you can see the trauma to where our conversations are steeped in just slavery. Right. You're literal, right? For me, if you are a black person surviving in America, I think you are amazing. Because the cards are stacked against you. Facts. And the time You are born.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: I don't care if you got a job at McDonald's, you are making it because this system is not geared for you to make it. Facts. So if you can fall in love with yourself, you'll never tell another person, especially a black person, man, your little accomplishments is cool. No, man, I am so happy that you got what you got brother, you got right. family, you got kids, keep doing that, right? Until we get that mentality, again, our language, our love, our reaction, until that changes, we'll continue to pass these curses down to the next one. Yeah, I can do it for myself and I can do it for my family, but what what good is that really if it's not going to affect us as a whole, right? right? What, what good is the nation if it's just going to be confined to the two? Three, four, five hundred thousand four, 500,000 people if we're not going to affect the world. Now, we can't change everybody, obviously, right? Facts. but I think what you are doing now is showing, hey, look, as a community, this is what we're going to push out. And I think that will help other individuals catch on to where it's not this Ponzi scheme mentality, you know, showing this fake love, <laughs> this fake absence, uh-huh. and, and, you know, these fake business ideas, when it's really just to exploit <laughs> your brother and sister
1: you know but it ain't really meant to help Tayole man oh bro i don't even know what books you have been reading or what fucking programs you've i been... love them i mean you've just grown <laughs> so much since just the cousin freaky introduction i you know i am and maybe this is always you you just didn't say it as much as you said the freaky shit nonetheless but we are at a unique time y'all and, and, and listen what i'm saying because you're right tail all we talk about on TKBS is what we need to put in the community to make it whole. It ain't got nothing to do with individuals. And that's selfless. That's, that's real community. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, and it bugs me out. It makes me slightly uh, emotional, but damn, like when you think about being what you want to see or reflecting what you want to see, that's real fucking growth. And that's real, you know, that's, that's really breaking generational curses because we don't get down like that. Even back, i never forget this, y'all. Growing up, yeah, neighborhoods, they would look out. You know, they would talk about such and such, been down the street, one. you know, an hour too long. Get your ass now, let me call your mama, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. But, but from that, it seemed like it skipped kindness. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you still had the judgmental neighbor. Motherfucker was doing it because they felt that it was part of their duty. Did they really want to do it? You know what I'm saying? But it all kind of showed, what it really was in the last generation because the last generation, and I don't know y'all other than these platforms. I don't know the disruption because when I look at my friend group, we all married with kids. Everything we said we was gonna do, we did. When I look at humans my age, let's just say 40 and up. Let's say 40 my age, 40 to 50. They got it right. They got jobs they fucking are parents to their kids, even if they are not with the, you know, the both parents. I've seen th- people try like never before, but where did the, where did the substantive stuff break off? Because I don't remember real genuineness growing up. I felt like it was like, we gotta do this because we the neighbors. I don't, I didn't feel a lot of genuineness, right? Because to your point, this earlier in the conversation, we were taught certain things, so we thought that was the way to teach. But I think the, the, the humans in us, the more, We were willing to show grace. We saw that, nah, it's different deliveries to each person. If you have more than one child, you can't talk to the same child the same way. If you have more than one friend, you can't talk to the friend the same way. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm just a little confused where the kindness went in the transferring from our generation to the next generation, because I don't think there is kind definitely not as communicative. Is that it? Communicative. I don't think there's a round of applause for my vernacular. Communicative, right? but there's a kind- words. No, I'm just saying but there's kindness. You get what I'm saying, y'all? There's a con-
4: <laughs> so, I think I think that the people knew that they had to do it, but they didn't know how to communicate that they were being kind. They didn't know how to
2: communicate mm. their
4: actual feelings. They were just doing what mm. they had to do because the generation before them did what they had to do. So like their parents may not have come across as loving and affectionate and um let's have a conversation about this. Like it may not have come across like that but they, they were doing what they knew they had to do. So right. the kindness was wrapped in making sure you were taken care of. It. Right. It right. wasn't just projected like, hey, let me see how you're feeling. It wasn't like mm-hmm. that. It was just packaged differently.
1: Yeah. I, I got, agree. Yeah, go ahead, Kay. What was I going to say, KKK?
0: No, I just said I agree. I agree with it. <laughs>
1: She's with the KKKK. <laughs> um, I'm saying this, y'all. <laughs> I wrote a letter to my father in this book, WMM, and when I tell you tearjerker, like You don't even be realizing like like how you know you you just don't be understanding and maybe you never will but the i guess the goal in life is to say it out loud get it up off your spirit it might be good bad one day good you know great than that you might end up getting over it i don't know what human could get over something like that but at the same time ultimately right but damn like and then obviously what, go- what was going on with Kyle, like, you know what I mean? Like even my relationship with KB3, it's like all these things were supposed to happen for me to feel everything I felt and everything that has happened to us generationally and the curses we received, we probably was meant to get them motherfuckers because it wasn't easy for generations prior. They didn't have as much access. They didn't know as much. Education was books only. Now we have, you could speak into your phone and get an answer. So we gotta do better with the access and information we got, y'all. And bigger than any of that, we gotta be kind, man. In our decision making, to each other, you know, to the process. Everybody ain't gonna get it like you. Everybody ain't that fucking book smart. Everybody ain't that street smart. Everybody just don't have the answers. And we judge people based mm-hmm. on that. We gotta stop, y'all. We gotta be more more kind so we can continue breaking these generational curses. I wanna go around With you guys and uh just get your advice to the nation as we get ready for this conversation at seven thirty. KKK, it's on you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would just say um growth is the most thing that the most important thing that you can do in order to break generational curses. So work on yourself and grow within and then you can you can convey your message to those around you with love and kindness as you were saying
2: that's right
1: i like that round of applause for your face
3: right. yes. i don't
1: know what's going on uh Taylor.
3: um i'm a, always throw you know something biblical in there so i think that's been the greatest um change for me but i mean jesus was the, the greatest communicator um, for me in my opinion and he, he says something to a crowd of individuals there's only two things that God really wants you to do is to love him with all your heart and then two love your neighbor like you would love yourself
2: mm. Mm. if yeah. you
3: can treat your brother or your sister just a human being the way you really want to be treated do you want to be yelled at then why would you yell at somebody else Do you right. want to be disrespected and why would you disrespect somebody else no matter what that other person is doing I want you to treat me this way. I guarantee if you can keep that in the front of your mind, I'm going to treat this individual in business the way I want to be treated in business. You will never do a bad deal. Wow. I'm going to treat my wife the way I want to be treated. You'll never cheat on her, you'll never disrespect her. I'm going to treat my children the way I want it to be treated as a child. You'll never disrespect that child's ability to make their own decisions and then correct them properly. It just goes the same as a community. If we can treat each other as human beings the way we want to be treated, these general generational curses, we can eliminate them quickly. But the more it's about me, my four, no more, then our pussy will continue to be pink and our booty holes will continue to be brown because you'll disrespect each other. <laughs>
1: Bars. Dr. Sugar, after you fix your face, can you please share with the nation? (laughs) He gets biblical and he goes straight to... I just don't
4: even understand. I just, I guess it's balance. Is that what that is? Balance. So anyway, um, I think that my experience growing up, being the youngest of five, I experienced different parents than my older siblings did. And what I learned, um, and what my parents learned parenting me, was I was a different child, and that I was going to speak up respectfully because that's what they told me to do with other people. So I started doing it them. So one thing that that taught me was to get out of your own way. It is the most important. You can't keep blaming everybody else.
2: When you keep going through things. Mm.
4: You keep going through things, and you keep facing obstacles. You keep thinking everybody is against you, baby, it's you. Get out of your own way and you can shift the paradigm that you have for yourself, therefore shifting the paradigm that other people around you have because you are breaking that curse that it's somebody else's fault. It's you. Mm. It's Mm. me. I know that there's things I have to change. And so that's why I'm trying to develop discipline in one
2: area at a time and then it'll trickle down oh lord
1: round of applause for sugar get out your own way that's how you break generational curses that they're player that they're player that they're player uh i ain't got no more uh y'all killed that y'all killed that Ladies and gentlemen, please take episode 48, Generational Curses, to your community and share your information on how you will continue to break generational curses. I'm proud of us. i want to say that right now, everybody Absolutely. on the panel today, everybody listening, we are doing our part to make sure we get everything we came for. And without further ado, it's time. You ready to jiggle for us, Kendra? All right, ready, on the count of three, we're gonna say oh, the dream Lord. is real. Are you too <laughs> <You> much. <might. laughs> three. The dream is dream. real.
4: Real. Oh, love me, oh God.
1: Mm. The, 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 the dream is real. This episode of the Kenny Burns Show is brought to you by Stem, who I think has the best mosquito repellent and ant, roach, and fly killer. If you don't want those critty critters crawling all in your crawl, get Stem and get rid of them all.